0: mm mm-hmm. Welcome to Casting Nats Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Pastor Will Harley. I am joined here with the co-host and star of the show, Pastor Dave Rudot. Dave, say
1: hi. Hello. That it was is enough. That's all we have. <laughs> he does not want me to get into a dad joke because if I got into a dad joke, then it would just go off the rails. And the dad joke that I have for you today is: if we all wrote in the Hebrew language, there would be nothing, nothing left to write. If we all wrote the Hebrew language, there would be nothing left to write. Oh, jeez. <laughs> this is a pastor joke. It was a dad joke, pastor joke. It was like combined in two. Wonder twins unite into this, this epic, joyful thing that I have just created with the power of my wonderful words.
0: So dealing with that power of wonderful words and the created ability to, to create jokes, um, today's Podcast actually is is kind of um, working with words, and so what we want to do today, as we we kind of introduce and approach our our listeners today for our podcast, is uh, uh, deal with. Words and what is it, what, what do words mean and what are they? Um, really we're going to get down to the, the nitty, nitty gritty. Um, so before we do that, I want to just give a, a brief introduction to, to where we're going, uh, or where it's coming from. And then, um, after our disclaimer, we can, we can jump on into the topic. Um, this idea for our podcast came from a book, uh, by Jonathan Fisk and the book is called without flesh, why the church is dying, even though Jesus is still alive and in that book chapter 3 of that book um he deals with the concept of uh words and it's the chapter where has jesus been and it deals with the importance of words and and how words um are a part of this creation that God has given. And, and so, um, that's going to be kind of going through chapter three of this book without flesh. If you would like to look it up, it's on Amazon. It's a great book. Easy read. Um, Jonathan Fisk is, is really, a um, a very easy to read writer. Um, but it might be one of those reads where it's a short chapter. You're going to have to read it a couple of times to get everything out of it. Um, But that's where our topic is for today. Before we do this, though, we probably should have a disclaimer because we might say something that will offend somebody else
1: you know this podcast is meant to be the beginning of a conversation and not the end not just us ranting not just us uh sending words out into the to the nether uh and but we want this to actually stimulate conversation uh, whether you are uh, talking with others or whether you are talking with us you are more than welcome to come to Emmanuel and Shirley and talk to me in person I'm pastor Dave Rudat here at Emmanuel and Shirley you you are welcome to go to St. John in Maribel and talk to Pastor Will Harley, um, you are welcome to communicate with us on Facebook. We have a Facebook present casting presence, casting nets uh, podcast on Facebook. You can also email us at pod at gmail.com so those are all different ways we want this to be a continuation of a conversation and of course if this is a conversation you just don't feel like having a conversation where you go "Ah, i just would rather listen to something else or participate in something else you do not hurt our feelings by listening to something else that we uh, put together or turning us off Uh, you are free to do that We hold ourselves to the Bible and the Lutheran confessions and not everything we say is representative of our church body or even ourselves as we are having a conversation where we allow ourselves to grow and to learn. And so we encourage you also to grow and to learn or to communicate to us or listen to something else uh, because you are free to live in Christ. This is a real podcast and it's about real life, real Christian life and living faith.
0: We talk about real life, living faith, and and the question that I think comes up a lot of times is what is real. Um, it was a question that that Pilate had given to Jesus, um, you know, in the, in the way of what is truth, right? It was the question of what 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 is real in the world. How can you tell what is real in the world? How can you interact with what is real in the world?
1: You and, know what the toughest tea to drink is. I don't
0: know what the toughest tea is.
1: Reality. <laughs> i guess my goal is gonna that was actually just- that was appropriately timed actually <laughs> I was gonna say it's like it seems like my role in this podcast is to get Will off topic as quickly as possible.
0: the 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 idea though of 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 knowing what is real right is is been the struggle of of life because um, when you deal in living you you deal with this idea of there are spiritual realities there are physical realities then there are um, what we think in our head become realities right how do we perceive things to be reality. And what I loved about this chapter and what I'm, I'm hoping is going to be conveyed in this conversation that we're going to have is that um, Jonathan Fisk, he he brings a new look into something that I thought I grasped and understood. And that is um, this reality of words. And, and I wanna, I, I'm gonna bring us all to the end of the chapter because I think it's a beautiful segue into the, into the beginning of his chapter. And, and the end of his chapter, he ends this, this chapter on words with, with this paragraph. And I think this is the, kind of the focus of where we wanna go. And, and how do we get there and, and come to this conclusion? But he comes down to, to saying this. What if all created substance, before it was anything else, is first words? What if when God is involved, words are more than mere sounds? What if words are the only real thing there ever is or has been or will be? And I thought that was kind of profound. Um, you know, I, 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 I felt that, um, that is a good focus for us to, to start this conversation. What if, what if words were the first things spoken into creation and therefore the very first things of creation, right? What if, what if the words, um, let there be were the beginning and the substance of, 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 of what God has built upon? Um, and what would that be like? And how is that reflected then in what we do?
1: You know, and, and that goes to the beginning of that chapter where it talks about the idea of you have an idea in your head and how does that idea Become reality, and that is through the spoken word and so it is interesting to think about and how John talks about that in John's gospel how God knew about all of creation, but he called it into existence through the power of his word and throughout the Bible it talks about how you and I as human beings as part of that creation also uh, create uh, with or destroy. With the power of the words. I was thinking of Proverbs 18, verse 21, which says, Life and death lie in the power of a tongue, and those who love to use it will eat its fruit.
0: Well, and James, right? Um, You know, the the uncontrolled tongue is like a a forest fire. Um, But just the simple fact that, you know, even in the beginning of John, you, you referenced John, in the beginning was the word, right? um we know that to be jesus of course jesus is the logos he is the word um but but that idea of the word creates um and that's where he starts in his his um chapter and and that really had brought a sense to me that that i never really had um i knew that the word could uh lead people to think things. I know that the word could inspire people. um I had tabbled with the concept that the word like when you say give thanks or when you say to your children say thank you that it produces the feeling of thankfulness. but the way that he he uh um the way that Jonathan Fisk goes to to some science and says, you know, there's a there's a thing that happens when the brain starts to move, right? And the and the and the, the proteins inside the brain start to do things, and they create this thought, uh, a thought that hadn't been thought before. It it it's something that that was formed that wasn't in creation before you thought it. And then how that manipulates and moves your vocal cords and goes through the neurons and everything to create the, the vocal cords to vibrate. And it creates into this world a vibration that never was before, right? The, 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 the vibration at a certain range, certain, certain frequency, in a certain style, um, in a certain wave. And, and that's, what, what, that's what, what, what sound is. It's a wave. And it created something that wasn't there, even though temporary, and then that it's it's brought into the ear and how the ear is set up to take those waves and then interpret that and then send it back up and create these proteins to create in the other person's brain right what those interpretation of that wave was and and just the beautiful way that he goes through and and, and that is just scratching the surface honestly on how he explains it scientifically going through how this this act of communication works but, but the simple fact that, that it kind of brought up to me was when we speak into the world, we mimic our savior. We mimic our creator in creating something, even though it is for a time and a place and, and, and a, and a short purpose. Um, that we're speaking creation in, in mimicking our
1: creator. And one of the easiest ways to see this is when you are, using confession and absolution.
0: Walk us through that. I I think you're right.
1: Um, I was just thinking of my children as they were growing up, and they are, like every other child, sinful. And so we, as parents, have to correct them and, and, and so on. And so they do something wrong, and we say... And they're all a lot of times when they're doing something wrong, they feel that they're doing what is right. You know, they're upset, and we we have to point out what you what you're saying, what you're doing, is against a commandment. And we have to sometimes we have to actually lay it out. This is the commandment that you're breaking. For our kids who learned the commandments in their Christian day school, that was very powerful for them because this is something that they learned. So that it really it really puts two and two and two together, and they realize that they have broken God's law. They're crushed, and then they say. I'm sorry, and the other person, maybe it's us, uh, if if they sinned against us or if the other child is sinned against that child, says out loud, I forgive you. And it's so transformative to watch not just in the child who says, I forgive you, because they're actually speaking, because that child sometimes if they're wronged, they're like they're all upset. You know, so-and-so did, you know, uh, brother Jimmy did this to me, Well, I don't have a brother, I don't have a child named Jimmy, I guess I'm using, trying to not bring in specific examples of my children, but just giving you an observation that I've had, a general observation. But as they speak those words, I forgive you, that child who is um, doing the forgiving actually feel, you can actually see they're actually forgiving that child. I mean, there's a relief there. And then the child as well, who is crushed by the law, is then also forgiven, and there is a feeling of relief as well. Um, and a transformative power to change and do something different from here on out. Now, I I know that as an adult, oftentimes we skip all those steps because we're too smart, and we we don't say, I'm sorry, and we don't say, I forgive you. And there's so many things that are unresolved uh, in our conversations. But when we actually say those words, I think they are very... They're transformative, even for adults, it's not just a child thing.
0: Well, and, and when you say transformative, I would even say creative, right? When the words are spoken, I forgive you, it creates in us the, the essence of forgiveness. Um, that, that, that I am not holding you accountable anymore and that, what it did it it built a bridge over the problem it built the bridge over the issue um some people are say well forgiveness is is forgetting and then and never remembering it no that's god's forgiveness um and that's why we're saying when when we speak words into the created order we are not speaking as god spoke we're not speaking things that last and have have eternal being <laughs> we're speaking into things in in a temporary case we create temporary things because we are not the creator we don't but but we are made in his image and I think that comes back down to that image speech that that just because we fell didn't mean we weren't created in the image and just because we fell doesn't mean that that we didn't carry with us some of these abilities you know I, I look at I, I look in in, in Genesis and, and before the creation of woman right Um, what does God have man do he names the animals. He speaks into the created world, right? What they are. And, and what does it say in Genesis, right? Genesis chapter two. It says, Adam spoke their name and that is what they were. Right? He spoke their name and that's what they were. That's what they become. Um, so he, he names, I mean, and we're using English terms, of course. I don't know what the language of, of Adam was German could have been German <laughs> I'm just joking it wasn't French well it was. maybe it was French I mean they fell cause it <laughs> 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 I'm sorry anybody who's French out there like we said Turn to our disclaimer.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, but but the idea though of speaking into creation, right? And it became. Um just like he spoke the name of woman and she became, right? Um, you know, he names her what she is. Um and and I think there's the there is this power that God gives to to his his pinnacle of creation to mankind, which is this ability to mimic him in creating through words. And, and you see it in Genesis and you see it again in, in the absolution uh, as we speak forgiveness. Um, we, we can understand how words do this in, in a very simple way. And in the, in the very simple way that I, that I would uh, give you is if you're ever at a rock concert, right? And you hear a bass drop and, and you hear the, and you can't hear it necessarily in your hearing but you feel it right it's so low but you feel you feel the force going against you something was created into the world that wasn't there before that is now acting against you it's it's pushing against you it's interpreted by you um my my brother used to say that when he worked on the guided missile cruiser um when he was in the navy and he said you couldn't be on the deck um when they launched off the missiles And I said, why? And he says, because there was a shock wave. There was, there was a a sound wave that would be released when the missiles went off that would liquefy you. It was so intense that it would, it would just, you wouldn't be there anymore. And you see how sound creates these things into the world, right? How, and so how much more this creation is being thrust into the world when we speak it. And maybe it's for a limited space. Definitely a limited space, um, unless you're listening to this podcast and now we're, we've expanded our space. <laughs> but, but it's, it is one of those things where words are spoken and create into this world something. And even if it's, even if it's not believed, it created something. So what did it do? It created a wave. It created a thought, fleeting as it may have been. It created an imagination or a, or a picture or a, it has done something, right? And, and now there's there are going to be applications, and I think this is where eventually we're going to go. Is there's applications now of that truth that make their way into how do we speak to others?
1: Are we are assuming, of course, that when people speak these words, that they are understood? Um, I am a person who was born deaf. So a lot of times the words that were spoken into existence were completely misinterpreted by me. Helicopter was hopty-copty. It was no longer foggy outside. It was froggy outside. So that's, to me, There's I learned communication from others, not just from the words that they spoke, but everything else, from their facial expressions, from their cues, the nonverbal expressions and things. So when we're talking about the spoken word, especially when we're talking about the revealed word of God, we have to limit it and say, well, it's just the actual spoken word, correct? It's not the, uh, the, the non-verbals of say, of somebody communicating that.
0: Well, and I, I, you know, I, I think that is a really good topic, by the way. Um, the difference between, the, between words and communication. And, and, and I think that's, that's kind of where you're going. When we talk about communication, we're talking about how everything is conveyed and have we transmitted to the best of our ability something, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and we see that in the Tower of Babel again, Genesis 11, where God screws all that up. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It was working really good. (laughs) And, and then because it worked so well in a sinful, in, in the sinful mind and heart of people, um, he says, I'm, I'm going to help prohibit the transmission of sin. Back to back to back to back to back by, by messing up communication, right? Mm. He, he confuses the language. And I think language is what conveys communication. But when we talk about words, words are words are words are words are words. Like you learned the English language, right? You learned the English language. And so when I say the word dog, right? You've learned either through written word or through heard word what dog is mm-hmm. and it creates in your mind dog it creates in your it, so it does what it, it, the word did what what was intended now does that communicate did i hate my dog or did i love my dog or do i hate dogs in general or do i love dogs in general or was i just calling someone else a dog whatever the case may, it, that's context and communication and 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 i i think there's a there's a spot for discussion in that what we're what we're starting off this conversation in is saying there is a word right word a word creates a, a thing so if we're going to say is that's a word you know what is means it it linking some you're like okay what came before it, what came after it cuz now it's going to link it if i say bread you know what bread is um so the you, you, the very fundamental beginning building blocks of language and communication start with words. When we when we took Greek, when we took Hebrew, remember the flashcards that this the bane of our existence. What did we have to memorize? Words. Then we learned how to use the words to convey thought. But we had to learn the words because the words were a thing, and those words created the thing. And, and so I think that's, that's where we're starting. Now I'm not denying, let's go to where you're going though. Let's, let's go to communication because I think that's where the Lord takes us. In the sense of in the beginning there was the word and that word communicated Some, into nothing, something. So let's go there.
1: And then the word became flesh so that you would understand it better.
0: Right. So let's As go. There. A writer let's to the so I, I'm dead serious because I think we had to, we have to substantiate the fact that, that, that when you speak a word, no matter what the word is, it creates something.
1: Now Even if talk. it's nothing because a person can't understand it.
0: Right. But it created something. Yeah. Because it creates a wave. I don't understand the wave, but it created something.
1: I can't respond appropriately because I don't know what you're talking about. Right. But, but I'm still responding because it's something.
0: Right. Exactly. So it created something. So now let's talk about how that created of something has to be linked together to be understood. And I think that's where, where the Lord leads. And that's sort of where this chapter leads as well. It, it's, it, the, the, the beauty of this chapter is it, it, it formulates the idea of words create something. Now, how do you string them together? How are they conveyed? Flushes out and adds flesh and bone. and uh, Well, I should say bone, marrow, and flesh to the something, if that makes sense. So, so, so now we have, we, we, you substantiate that, okay, your brain engages, it creates your vocal cords to express, um, and then there's an utterance that is forced into the world, it creates a wave, that utterance is a word that then is then interpreted and decoded and then brought into something. But there's more than that. There is the conveyance. There is the string of words that create. There is the the string of those things that now flush out and add to what is being created in the world that now creates in someone else. So let's talk about that. Jesus, the word, in the very beginning, he could have just said, light and would what would that have done well as god anything he wanted it to do right but but what does he say he says let there be right so he conveys through this creative language creation and and i think that's where we're where, where we start um, God says, let there be. And so there is. So let's bring this into to real life now. Um, what do you say to your wife when you come home? I love you. Right? Now, could you just said one word? Love? Wife. Could have said wife.
1: <laughs> right. You could have said any of those wife. things. Wife.
0: Right? <laughs> right? You, you could have said that. Now, now she would have heard that and it would have been been interpreted. What is a wife? She would understand the picture. Yeah.
1: I think sometimes when you have autistic children where they can't, or I don't know if it's autism, autism naturally, but just people who have language difficulties, you know, the, the words that come out may not be, um, may not be put together the way that we would like, but we understand from what they're communicating that they've created in us, a, a response of some sort. I, I remember I was, I was a camp counselor and there was a a kid who had autism and he only had uh like a 30 word vocabulary but by the end of the week you figured out what he was trying to say with those 30 words and was impressive the the amount of communication that can go on because he he put the meat on the bones of those words by his, his facial expression and so on and and the history of communication between myself and 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 the boy that he that we were able to communicate with just one word um but it is, it is an interesting concept that you brought up about God doesn't just speak vocabulary into existence, but he speaks language into existence. And how, as you mentioned in Genesis 11, language can be a bad thing because you know, it can unite God's people against the Lord. And language has been disrupted because of the Tower of Babel. For a time at Pentecost, language was reunited again, or people were able to understand each other. The language was no longer a barrier to the gospel. And now uh we still have the languages. So we can't I do a, a Bible class, uh a bilingual Bible class, and it's 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 frustrating. You have to reduce your vocabulary, but things can be communicated even if it's not in our native languages. Uh, one to the other
0: and and I think this comes into what he 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 um states, and he uses the idea um, he uses the plural not a word but words, so he is he 's linking communication he doesn 't use the word necessarily language or communicate he just says words because that 's this whole topic of the sentence, but he says uh, words are a bridge between material and spiritual, and so i, I that that 's where i 'm where I think my my idea came into really we're talking about language, not just one vocabulary word. We're talking about the stringing of those things together that have now created a thought and bridged something that is metaphysical. That means that maybe didn't have physicality to it. It didn't have um, a reality to it, but now has bridged that to something real in the world. Um So uh, in other words, um, what was in my brain has now been bridged to your brain and has now created something for however long it will be into this world into an existence with with me and with you i've conveyed I've conveyed what is in my head in a spiritual sense going around bouncing around to you into your brain through a physical thing that have by stringing these this communication together and using nonverbal words. Cause those are still words, nonverbal words and words together to create this, this thing. So when we, when we, when anybody talks about communication, they'll talk about the nonverbal cues. Those are words. So here's the example for our listener. Probably one of the best examples that I give. And I, I give this in, in marital counseling and, and premarital and marital counseling all the time. You can word, you can say the same word sentence. So you have words strung together. I love you, right? To your wife or to your husband. Now, you can have the nonverbal of, I love you, with a smile on your face and and, and the action of reaching out and and wrapping the other in a hug. What was the nonverbal words you used? A smile and a hug. Those are nonverbal words of expression. With the verbal words of creation that bridge those things together, right? That now you've created the thought, I am loved, I am cherished, I am held. Now you can say those words, I love you, with the nonverbal words of a frown and bald fist. What was communicated? What was created? It was a, what was created was anger, resentment, and lies because you're saying the words, I love you, but what is being spoken in nonverbal words is the opposite. Does that makes sense.
1: That makes perfect sense and I'm glad you mentioned it cuz I don't think that what really was in the chapter cuz the chapter was more speaking of the actual just keeping it to the actual words being spoken cuz he's mm-hmm. thinking of Christ and the Bible that the words that are proclaimed in worship or proclaimed as we are explaining God's word to somebody else um that the focus is there is not just on the nonverbals but also on the verbals but I really feel that communication and, and words aren't in and of themselves, and I like what you're saying about how we are, what we are, our verbal cues, non-verbal cues, communicate something. They they are also able to create something in somebody else. But where do the, where does that all start from? The skeleton of that structure is the actual words being spoken.
0: And and I think his point is why he sing, why he just singles on the words himself is because his driving point ends up being um God in His Word is powerful enough Mm -hmm. to do whatever he needs to do
1: without the rest of the (laughs) nonverbals. God doesn't have to, (laughs) God doesn't have to say, let there be, and then just kind of sit there with his eyebrows raised up like, come on, come on. And and
0: I think that was his point. God doesn't put suggestions into the world. God speaks into the world and they are. And the reason for that is because the whole point of the book is God spoke on the night in which he was betrayed. This is my body. This is my blood. And he's he's the whole point is we walk around the world, and the whole point of the book, just in summary, is we're we are wondering in the church, where is Jesus, the ascended Lord, where is he? And and his whole point is he's exactly where he said, I am. I am in the bread, I am in the wine, this is my body, this is my blood, because I said so, because I spoke it into being. And every time the words are spoken, my my I am there because I said so, and my word is being power, and it creates it, and it is. And I think that's where the focus is. So he's going to keep it, he he relatively does just keep it to this point of saying God's word is powerful to create because it's God's word, and he doesn't need to have the the nonverbal cue for it, right? He doesn't need the nonverbal cue of, like when, when, when in fact, we're not even told in Scripture that the, the nonverbal cues of when Jesus was giving the Lord's Supper so that we can mimic the nonverbal cues. He just gives us the word. Here's the word, and it is because it is God's Word, and God's word is powerful on the flip side though, that comes back to what we were talking about before, which is we are we are in the image of God, we were created in the image of God, that we, we're not God, which means we do not have the same same ability strength and, and 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 things that God has. so what's that mean? That means i I need to speak in nonverbals too to convey this creation in another person because I'm not God I can't just speak and it is so so I have to I have to use everything that God has equipped me with to mimic what he does in in just his word alone
1: I like your point before about how Jesus promises to be in the midst of his people wherever two or three are gathered in my name and there is in you know, the the essential question of where is Jesus we want to see him in the in the flesh And Jesus tells you, I'm here in the word, and when you are gathered in my name, you're using my word, there I am. And it reminds me of what Jesus says in John 12, and when he says, he's talking about himself, he says, Amen, amen, I tell you, unless a kernel of the wheat falls to the ground and dies, it continues to be one kernel. But if it dies, it produces much more. Grain. So, uh, as I read that Bible passage, it's reminding to me of how Christ is looking at his life. He's a he's in the flesh, but this amazing thing that's going to happen after he ascends into heaven is his word is going to be written down. The word which is Christ, which is him, which is his innermost thoughts. It's 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 no different than if Jesus were in next to us in the person. What Jesus would say if he were bet- here in this. It, well, he is here in this room. So, but if he was physically in this room, is found in the word. And we have Jesus, uh, excited about the idea of the fact that he can be in so many different places. Yes, he's God, but just th- this concept of we could all say when two or three are gathered on a Sunday, uh, gathered at St. John and Maribel, there is Christ. At Emmanuel fully. and Shirley, there is Christ. Fully. fully, fully, completely. Yes.
0: Yeah. Not just a, not just like, Oh, you get a you get a third of Christ, and and another person gets a third of Christ, and we would get two thirds. <laughs> you get two thirds. You need two thirds of Christ. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's it's not it's, <laughs> it's and 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 also in the reception, like when you receive, when you receive the Lord's Supper, right? When you receive the Lord's Supper, and 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 you stood there and you heard God speak into creation this new thing for a time and a purpose, and He says in this in this time in this purpose i am going to use this bread and i'm going to use this wine and i'm going to put myself into it and i'm going to say this is me and it is it is all of him it is not just a portion of him it's not just i got the thumb um you know or or i got a little bit of the nail it was a little hard um it's no i received all of him because he said so this is my body he didn't say it is a portion of it's is and and so so you go back and you look at the words that as he conveyed this, and he being God, his word is enough. um go to Romans chapter ten, right um and 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 faith is um created by hearing, right um the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. what faith is created, faith is brought into being. Faith is 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 produced by hearing what, just the word of God. It, it doesn't say by it being conveyed in nonverbal terms. It's the word of God spoken, the word of Christ spoken, the scriptures read, um, the scriptures um, 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 heard through your ears. However, you're in taking those words is powerful and it does what it does because God said so. Now in 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 a very meager way we mimic that in a short term um in the expressions of love in the expressions of forgiveness through the absolution um we mimic these things as we speak them into god's creation and and they they become for a short time sometimes longer sometimes shorter depending right mm-hmm. um But that, that is different than what God does. And, and so when we convey it, you know, if you stand up in front of the church and you're going to give the confession and absolution and you smile when you, when you're reading the confession and, and you're like, those dirty rotten sinners, ha, 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 ha. And then when you have to give the absolution, you frown. Have you conveyed into the creation that God has established what God had wanted to be conveyed? The answer is no because you use nonverbal words to convey something and create something completely different. Like pastor's not happy to forgive me. (laughs) Um, and, and the same thing can be said, um, you know, how we interact with one another. Um, the words that we, we use the way that we convey it. Is it, is it creating an atmosphere or, or something of a Christian nature or is it creating destruction? Is it creating discord? Is it creating problem? Um, I, I think that's really where, where a lot of this goes, is in looking at, at these words and looking at how we communicate with each other is, is, is really breaking it down and saying, we are mimicking God. And when God says, um, um, when he talks about sin and he says, I will destroy it, um, it's destroyed because he spoke it. Um, when, when, when the, when, when, when Jesus from the cross says, it is finished, it is done. Because he spoke it and then therefore it is, it is now a thing. Um, when he, in the very garden of Eden, before, before in time, he sent his son to even die for us. Um, I even say that it was Jesus himself who promised himself, um, to, to Adam and Eve. And he says, um, the seed of the woman will crush, right? Um, the, the, the serpent's head and, and the serpent will bite his heel. It is done. It is spoken into creation, but by the word of God, it is done um and then we in these meager ways we do the same in in reflecting that
1: it is a sometimes a very intimidating for people to say oh i am mimicking god i mean who am i to speak god's word into existence and the cool thing is is that we have the word and we have the good news of jesus we have the word, or the written word for us to dedicate to our memory. We can have the word of God that we would read and then maybe paraphrase it to somebody else and the Holy Spirit promises that He's going to use that. So as we are speaking God's word to somebody else, we can talk about things that really matter. We can, uh, create something that wasn't there before. We can proclaim to them Jesus and, and, uh, announce to them their sins are forgiven because of Jesus. We can say heaven is there because of Jesus. And that will actually create the thing that we're hoping to create, which is faith in that individual's heart.
0: Well, and I, th- and just, just coming back to one of the comments that you made, who am I? You are Christian.
1: You're called to be the voice.
0: Not, not just called to be the voice. You are mm-hmm. the voice. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, that, that, I think that's, that, that, that's part and parcel. You know, you look at the terminology that, that, that the scriptures give to us. Jesus is the head. We are the body. Right. Um, well, what do we do as the body? We express what Jesus has given to us to express. We, we bring into the world what Jesus has given us to bring into the world. I'm sorry for cutting you off. I just, uh, the the idea of saying, who am I? You are a Christian.
1: You're called by God. You are given the words to speak. The words that you have are, are spirit and they are life. Yeah. Um, because they're not
0: my words. Yeah. They're, they're his words.
1: So when you're talking with your individual friend about Jesus, or you're talking about things that really matter about heaven and hell and sin and grace, and they say, "Well, how do, how come you have the authority um, to say these things to me that you're that I get to go to heaven?" Well, you can just say, "Well, because God's word says so." Um, and you, in in the quiet innermost of your thoughts, you can revel in the fact that you, as a Christian, have this awesome power to create something that wasn't there before. Forgiveness, uh, a faith of you can speak into existence and say their sins are forgiven. I'm using the keys because I say so. If your sins are forgiven, they are indeed forgiven in heaven. That's what Jesus talks about when he gives the keys of forgiveness, opening and closing heaven. The wonderful gift that he has given the church to say this is a reality for you because we say so. Well, and-, and we don't want to abuse it. Obviously, yeah, but- we're not going to say you're not going to heaven because you're not wearing pink or because you like the Vikings. But we're going to use the gifts in in, a, in line with what Jesus has spoken to us. And and
0: isn't this the 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 ultimate? I mean, really coming back to the beginning, right? Um, the the brief introduction. You know, what is real? Um, and and in many ways, um, we try to we we run this line of of trying to figure out what is real and and. And, and saying, okay, if I say the sky is green, is it really green just because I said so? If I say I believe in dragons, do dragons really exist because I say so? And, and I think you can, you can say, well, words, although they create, they don't necessarily create reality. But what is beautiful is when the creator gives to you his words that create, and we mimic those words, they're not mine. It's the one who created reality, giving us reality to create again. And and that is, I think, the point of, of what this chapter is all about, and the point of what the book's all about is, as God spoke into creation and created, as God spoke to create, God then gives you the words to do the same. They're his words. They're not your words. They're his power, not your power they're 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 his doing, not your doing, but it's his promise, and it does.